Hey, we hope you had an awesome time in worship. Uh, we're going to move right now into communion. We're gonna... Hey, we're going to have communion. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. yes. Do you love him? Yes. Do you believe that he died for your sins? Yes. Do you believe that he rose again and that he is alive? Yes. yes. So, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take it together as a family and we want to invite you to join us as well you know this last week we celebrated what? Uh, Passover that's Passover. right and uh, one of the things about Passover is what's this? Matzah that's right this is called Matzah and uh, I was just reminded again this, this last week as we celebrated Passover uh, just the symbolism of when Jesus took the first communion, he was celebrating Passover with his disciples, right? Right. And what's the first thing that he took? Uh, bread. And what was the bread? Uh, matzah. That's right. He took this matzah, which looks like this. And you can see it's, it's beaten and it's pierced. It's got lots of holes in it. And it has no leaven, which means it has no yeast. Do you know what yeast represents? Um, no, no. Yeast represents sin. And so... When God told the Israelites to make their bread without yeast, it was a foreshadowing. It was a picture of Jesus before Jesus came. That he would be without sin, that he would be broken, and that he would be pierced. See, all, with all the little holes. And so this morning as we take uh, communion, we just want to turn our attention to Jesus and just give him the attention, right? And so uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to read uh, the story of Jesus doing Passover with his followers, and then we're going to take communion together. Okay? So Jesus, we just thank you so much today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that for us you were pierced and you were broken. To pay for our punishment and our sin. And we just turn our attention to you right now. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. And as they ate, Jesus took the bread. You know, grab the bread. And blessed it. And he broke it. Yep. And he gave it to his disciples. Okay, so you can hand it up. And he said to them, This is my body. Eat it. So we're not going to just wait, okay? Don't eat it. It's too big to eat. So who can tell me? What does this mean? Jesus' body. Mm -hmm. body. That's right. Body. And Jesus' blood. That's right. Yeah. And so when Jesus gave this to his disciples, he was saying, this is my body that was going to be broken and beaten and then hung on a cross. Jesus, we just thank you for your body that was broken for us. For every wound and every hole that you paid the price so that we could be set free. So we could be brought into your family as sons and daughters. In Jesus' name.
Let's take bread and eat it together. Then it says, then taking the cup of wine and giving praise to the Father, he entered into covenant with them, saying, this is my blood. Each of you must drink it in fulfillment of the covenant. For this is the blood that seals the new covenant. It will be poured out for many for the complete forgiveness of sins. The next time we drink this, I will be with you and we will drink it together with a new understanding in the kingdom realm of my Father. Then they sang a psalm and left for the Mount of Olives. Do either of you know what is a covenant? What does it mean to have a covenant? A covenant is like a promise, but it's a promise that can never be broken. And so when God made a covenant with man, with his disciples, and with us, his promise was that no matter what, he would always cover us. He would pay for our sins, and he would forgive us. And that we would be, when we come to Jesus, that we would be able to be adopted in as sons and daughters of the King. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So who wants to take communion? Me. <clears throat> who wants to drink the juice? Me. So we take this, we're going to pray together, and then... What is this? This reminds us of blood. Jesus' blood that was spilt for us. That's right. So Jesus, we just thank you for your blood that you poured out on the cross. We thank you that it symbolizes a new covenant, a new promise for us to come in and be called your children. We thank you that for everyone who's put their faith in you and chosen to, to walk with you, that we can take this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hi. Uh oh. That's why I shouldn't be doing the hine. So this morning we're gonna be doing things a bit different. Uh, we are doing this as a family. We want you to also participate as a family. Uh, this is gonna be very real and probably kind of messy. Um, but this is us, this is our life, this is our living room, and so we're coming from our living room to your living room this morning to celebrate Easter. Let's pray together, because we need some prayer. Okay, we're going to pray. Jesus, we ask that you would just come and just with us, that you'd just speak through this time together. Um, we could just lean into what you're saying, and that this would be meaningful for the people watching. You would just bring out good discussion and that you would make everyone feel at peace and at ease. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, first thing I did for our day. Amen. Amen. Wait, can I pray? Mm -hmm. um, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thanks. And um, thanks that we can have a good day. Amen. Mm -hmm. I mean, and thanks that we can. So, starting off, kids, we would love for you to draw or color a picture that has to do with Easter, and then to send it in to us. Uh, we want to see it, we want to be able to share it and post it, so uh, do up your picture. For those of you who are young at heart, you can also draw us a picture uh, of Easter and send it in to us, 
at micah at communitygospelchapel.com or you can post it on Instagram or Facebook and tag us at Community Gospel Chapel. All right, so you guys ready? Yeah. All right. So big question number one is what is Easter about? When Jesus died on the cross. And what else? Rose. Rose again. That's right. And why is that important? Why is Easter important? For we can remember Jesus died on the cross. Mm -hmm. and, and what else? Rose. Yeah, and why is it important that he rose again? Because if he hasn't arose, if he didn't um, rise. rise, then Jesus wouldn't be alive right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we would not see him. That's right. And you know what's really cool is that that Jesus. I, <laughs> that Jesus, the Bible says that, that when Jesus died, see there's a lot of people who would say Jesus is just a good teacher. Right. That he just had some good advice and that was the end. And then he died on a cross and, and they don't believe that he rose again. But did you know the Bible says that it was actually in him rising again that proved that he's the son of God. That he actually had victory over death. Okay, so, so Easter then is about Jesus dying on the cross, right, on, on Good Friday. And then Easter Sunday is what? When he rose. When he rose again, that's yeah. right. And you know, who was the first person who met, who, who went to the tomb? Uh, Mary and her friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know that in John's story, we're going to read, we're going to read John's account of, of the resurrection, Okay. Okay. John wrote this. John, the disciple of Jesus, he was there. He was actually, he saw it with his own eyes. And so it says in John chapter 20, it says, Very early Sunday morning, before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to go tell Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Do you know who that disciple was? John. That's right, that was John. John Peter. And she told them, They're taking, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb, and we don't know where it is. Can you imagine being one of the disciples of Jesus that day? And here, they had just witnessed Jesus being killed on the cross. And now Mary was coming and telling them that Jesus' body was gone. What do you think they would be thinking? Well, if you were one of his disciples that morning, what would you be thinking? I'll be thinking, oh no. I'll be like, How come? Because he was there and they put him there. Mm -hmm. And they saw where he was late, right? Yeah. So why would you think, oh, oh? Because. Would you think somebody stole his body? or what? Yeah. yeah, you'd think somebody took it? Yeah. Would, you, would it even cross your mind that maybe he came back from the dead? Yeah, probably now. Yeah, probably that'll do it to mine. You think so? Because they had only ever seen one person raised from the dead from that point. Who was that? Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus. Oh, yeah. Remember they had seen Lazarus? And so then it says, Then Peter and the other disciple 
jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I think it's kind of funny here that John wants to tell everyone that he's faster. He's a faster runner than Peter. Isn't that funny? He didn't enter the tomb, but he peeked inside and saw only the linen cloths lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen cloths lying there. But the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separately from the other cloths. Why do you think that's important? That the cloth that was on his face was rolled up and the other cloths weren't. Well, do you think if somebody would steal his body that they would, first that they would take the cloth off and second that they would take time to roll it up? If you were stealing something, how you'd be trying to get out as fast as you could, right? And then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in and after one look, he believed. For until then, they hadn't understood the scripture that prophesied that he was destined to rise from the dead. Puzzled, Peter and the other disciple then left and went back to their homes. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stooped to peer inside and through her tears she saw two angels in dazzling white robes, sitting where Jesus' body had been laid. One at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying? they asked. And Mary answered, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. Then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize that it was him. He said to her, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener, Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere, tell me, and I will go. And Mary, Jesus interrupted her. Turning to face him, she said, Rabboni which is Aramaic for teacher. Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't hold on to me now, for I haven't yet ascended to God my Father, and He's not only my Father and God, but now He's your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she told them. And she gave them his message. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What was your favorite part of that story? Um, um when um, Mary saw God. When yeah, when, God. when she saw Jesus? And mm-hmm. she thought it was the gardener? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Um, I, I have two favorite parts. When the angels were sitting on both sides of the Jesus was, that's when Peter and John came in looking. How about you? What was your favorite? What is your favorite part of the resurrection story? Just take a minute right now and just share it with uh, your parents or share it with your kids. Uh, what stood out to you from this story? What was highlighted to you? Okay, this is not going so well. Yeah, this is not. This is not going so well. Camera's picking. So up first, uh, Abishai has his first big question that he's going to ask us. So Abishai, uh, what's your big question? Why do we hide eggs? That's a great question. Why do we hide eggs at Easter? 
Anybody know the answer? Me. Yeah, you know the answer? Okay, why don't you tell everyone? Okay, and so it's like when Mary and Peter and John, they went to find Jesus and they thought that someone stole Jesus. But then they found him. When they find him, it's like us finding eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's like the, the process of looking for him, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what it reminds us. It also, it, it's reminiscent, or it reminds us of something that we do at Passover, right? That's right. There's something in Passover called the afikomen. And the afikomen is uh, a half pizza, piece of matzah that has been broken from, uh, that has been broken. And it's wrapped in a white sheet, and it's hidden somewhere in the house. And traditionally, uh, all the children, after the Passover meal is done, go running around the house to look for the afikomen. And do you remember what happens when you find it? Uh, you get to eat it. You get to eat it, and you also get a treat, right? Yeah. Does everybody else get a treat? No, just the person who finds it. And so, uh, that's actually something that, that was done uh, as a tradition for Passover that points to the... Uh, disciples searching out Jesus after the resurrection. And it's something that also hiding of the eggs points to. So that's a great question, Ravi Shah. Uh, one of the, the questions that, that often comes up in my conversations with people is uh, this question of, do we celebrate Passover or do we celebrate Easter? Is Easter a pagan holiday? Um, and should we not be celebrating it? Or which one should we be celebrating? And so I just want to uh, let you know, as, as you know, our family, we're, I'm, I'm not Jewish, but the rest of us are. Um, and we really feel like it's important uh, to celebrate both. Uh, not as a religious or legalistic thing to do, but we find so much uh, life. We discover Jesus in such an incredible way through Passover. Um, and also Easter is something that is, Easter has been celebrated for thousands of years uh, in fact, we have record back in Acts where the disciples would get together on the first day of the week that they called the Lord's Day to celebrate and commemorate the resurrection. So actually, the celebration of Easter goes all the way back to the first century. Uh, it wasn't until the second century that we actually uh, heard about it as a holiday, but the, the, that doesn't deny the fact that the disciples celebrated it all the way back in the first century. And... Uh, so I think it's great for us to be able to have the option to, to celebrate both. And, uh, and really, because it's about discovering who Jesus is. And it's about leaning into Him and, and discovering Him uh, through, through each of these holidays. Kavi, uh, you had a question that you wanted to ask. Do you remember what your question was? What was that? Do you want to say it louder? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Uh-huh. And now you know part of that answer, right? So what's what part of it do you know? Why don't you tell us what you know about that? Because if he didn't die, we would have died. <coughs> That's right. So he died in our place, right? So, we actually have an object lesson. Uh, kids, you can do this at home. All you need is a coin, uh, some dirty water, a candle, a plate, and a cup. Okay, so if you want to go grab those now, you can. We've got ours here. Oh, and a match. That's right, and matches. So you take your plate. Uh, we've got our cup. Uh, we've got our candle. Our... I shouldn't do this on here because it's going to be a mess. 
so actually Rafi is going to help us and Abhishek is going to help us with this. Tay, do you want to help too? Okay. So they're going to help us with this uh, object lesson because this helps uh, describe why it was that Jesus had to die. So here we are. You want to take that, that coin out of there? Hey, it's Ewe. So we have this coin. Can you show everyone the coin? So we have this coin. Now the, the value of the coin doesn't change, but when we put it on this, um, so this coin represents us. Okay, this this coin represents us uh, humans, you and me, and everyone that we know. So that's that's us. Now what happened is that at the very beginning, the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And when they did that, they went against what God said. They missed the mark, right? Which is called sin. And so we have this dirty water to represent sin. And so it covered humanity in sin. Now, what's interesting is that when we, when, that, that humanity sinned at the beginning, but every single one of us have made a choice in our own lives, to choose sin. We have a sin nature, what's called a sin nature, but we also choose sin. We have a choice in it. Now, Jesus came, you want to pass the, cap, the uh, matches, please? Perfect. Jesus came as the light. He came into the world as the light. So we're going to use this candle to represent Jesus. Yep, here you go. And Jesus came into the world, into the midst of our sin, but he wasn't sinful, was he? No, he wasn't And he came, and he gave up his life, yep, yeah, you can put that, put that right on the candle, to die for us. And you'll see, as the candle goes out, as he dies... It actually sucks up all the sin away from us. And we're set free from being covered in sin. We're actually given a new nature, the Bible says. Isn't that amazing? You see, because in, in our own, we, we want to we do good. We want to do what's right, right? But without Jesus coming and giving us a new nature... We still choose to do what's not right. Even though our conscience tells us it's not right, we still choose it. And so Jesus came to free us from that. To actually, um, because we're made in the image of God, right? And when we sin, we corrupted that image. We chose something different. And so Jesus came to set us free. Now the Bible says, God says right at the beginning, He says, that the punishment of sin, the consequence of sin, is that we actually, that sin brings death into our lives. And so somebody has to make that payment for the death. And so Jesus came and died so that we could be set free. So we could actually be invited to be uh, adopted into the family of God. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah. Bima, you had a big question for us. <laughs> big question. What is the 
Easter, the word Easter, what does it mean? I know some people call it Pascha, but what is Easter? Yeah. You know? So, uh, I grew up, you know this, uh, but I, the, the culture that I grew up in, uh, we used to make what was called Pascha bread. And that that actually in Latin or Greek means Easter, means um, Passover. And so every year my grandma would make this bread, uh, and it was traditional to celebrate Easter. Now Easter, like I said before, has been celebrated uh, since the second century. And so uh, a lot of people say that, that it's hard to know what the origin of the word is because it's so old. Uh, but we know all the way back to the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, it was called Easter. That's when they decided on actually the date of Easter. And, um, and so some people would say that it was a, uh, that Easter was a pagan goddess and that Easter is then named after this pagan goddess. Uh, that was uh, one, one man's interpretation. However, most, most people actually would say that that, most scholars would say that that's not accurate. That Easter actually comes from an old German word, which is actually connected to an old Latin word, meaning uh, dawn. And so, uh, what it actually is, is celebrating is the dawn of the morning when Mary went to the tomb and discovered that it was empty. So, uh, like I said before, we celebrated this last week Passover as a family. Uh, can anybody tell me what is Passover? That's right. It's when we celebrate that Jesus, or God leading the Israelites out of Egypt. That's absolutely true. And uh, how does Jesus connect to Passover? So, as Jewish people, we, every year we remember Passover. So Passover, it is the story about how God delivered the Israelites from Egypt. Um, so probably most of you know the story. Um, yeah, you do. Uh, so they used the blood of the lamb to uh, to paint their door, right? And then the death, the angel of death didn't come to their house, right? So they had to use the blood to to be saved. And so that reminds us of Jesus. Exactly. So that's like Jesus. We need Jesus' blood to cover our sin, to give us the freedom, to give us the life. Um, yeah, and that's happened in Passover, like Easter. That's Jesus gosh. died around Passover time. And yeah, so it's good for him. <laughs> that's such a good point. Um, you know, and even in John, uh, when John recounts the story, he says that the day that Jesus died was the day that they were to kill the Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. That it was actually the, 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 that we know from Isaiah that he would be led like a lamb to the slaughter, but John actually says that the very day that Jesus died on the cross was the same day that the Jewish people were going to sacrifice the lamb uh, to paint their doorposts. Mm -hmm. And so it, what an incredible connection between these two that um, it's not two separate events, but it's actually the fulfillment of this long-awaited event, mm -hmm. which is incredible. That's so good. How do we know, 
if, if we say that the, the resurrection is central to everything that we believe, right? Because if the resurrection didn't happen, then, then Jesus isn't the Son of God, because it was in the resurrection that Jesus was revealed as God's Son, right? So how do we know if the resurrection story is true or not? you have any ideas? Remember we were talking before about who, the, the story that we read before, who wrote it? John. That's right, John wrote it. And who was John? One of Jesus' disciples. That's right, so he, he knew Jesus, right? He was, he was right there. This wasn't somebody making up the story hundreds of years later to tell their kids, right? So John, so, so number one, we know that John was an eyewitness. He was right there to all of it. Except, yeah, except I wasn't there. Yeah. So it would be like me telling you about something that happened a few years ago, maybe yeah. before you were born. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but how else? Um, how, what, what else about this is unique that, that wouldn't normally, if this story wasn't true, that wouldn't have been in there? I love it that uh, Jesus appeared, first of all, to Mary, to a woman. And that's very um, out of the blue in that time, because nobody would believe a woman. And I think it's very significant. Significant, yes. <laughs> for today, for all the women out there, that uh, Jesus came and he wanted to to show you, to reveal himself to you, not just to the guys, to the men. The, you know, the spiritual one or whatever, um, but to us also as women and um, so many women um, dealing, you know, with loneliness, with um, self, uh, low self-esteem and stuff like that. And Jesus wants to come and show and, and reveal himself to each one of us. And um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so true too. That's, that is one of the big points of how we know that the resurrection is true, is that Jesus showed up to Mary first. You know, if somebody was making up this story uh, in, first in first century Israel, they definitely wouldn't have had a woman be the first one to meet Jesus or the first one to uh, witness his resurrection. It just because nobody would have believed the story. Um, you know, another thing is that, that often people say, well, probably his disciples stole the body. And that actually goes back all the way to Matthew 28. And I can read that for you. In Matthew 28, this is what it says. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 11, it says, After the woman left the tomb, a few of the guards went into Jerusalem and told the chief priests everything they had seen and heard. So the chief priests called a meeting with all the religious leaders and came up with a plan. They bribed the guards with a large sum of money and told them, Tell everyone, while we were sleeping, or while we were asleep, his disciples came at night and stole his body. If Pilate finds out about this, don't worry, we'll make sure you don't get blamed. So they took the money and did as they were told. This is why the story of the guards is still circulated among the Jews to this day. So one of the, um, the, the points that people bring up against the resurrection is this idea that maybe the disciples stole his body. And yet, the author uh, here, Matthew, clearly gives the outline and the origin of where all of that started, 
of who actually started the rumor that his disciples, and why they started that rumor. So from that, we can know also that that rumor is not true. Right? Because also, did you know that all, all except John of the disciples died following Jesus? Because they wouldn't say that because they wouldn't say that he didn't rise from the dead and that he wasn't the son of God. Now, do you guys ever lie? Yes. yes. But if you're lying, how many of you would choose to uh, give up your cartoons for a lie? To prove that your lie was true? Maybe. Maybe? I would give up something. What if it was... What if the consequence is even worse? Like, what if uh, there was going to be a big punishment? Would you rather just tell the truth or have the big punishment? I'll tell the truth. That's right. And that's that's how that's how all of us are, right? We don't we don't die. We wouldn't choose to die for something that's not true, or that at least we didn't completely believe. So that's a pretty incredible point as well. Wait, Daddy, is John still alive right now? No. Jesus says... You know what the other thing is? Is that, that uh, Paul tells us that after Jesus came back from the dead, after his resurrection, do you know he showed up to more than 500 people? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And he even says that a lot of the people that Jesus showed up to were still alive when he wrote that. So they could, you could basically say, you can go ask them if it's true or not. As we read the resurrection story, we read the story about how Mary and John and Peter, right? Do you remember reading that story? How they all came to the tomb. And you guys all shared your favorite parts of the story. Yeah. How does the resurrection of Jesus impact your life today? How does it affect your life today? It's just fun to remember. For we cannot forget God. Mm. Not forget that we... That you were forgiven? Yeah. Absolutely. What else? How is the resurrection, how does it impact you today? I think for me it's the hope that it doesn't matter what you're going through and how hard it is or what kind of situation you are in, um, there will be, there is all the time hope. For tomorrow, all the time, and Jesus will be there. Jesus also went through this suffering and these hard days, but he conquered it, and with him, we can we, we also have hope for tomorrow. Yeah, that's so good. You know, in uh, in Matthew twenty-eight five and six, um, it says that the the women showed up at the the tomb, and it says the women were breathless and terrified until the angel said to them. There's no reason to be afraid. I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously, just as he said. Come inside the tomb and see the place where the Lord was lying. And I, that, you know, as I read that, I just thought that, that phrase, risen victoriously, caught my attention. Because it's through the resurrection of Jesus that we are actually adopted as sons and daughters. That's the completion. In, in Jesus' death, we're forgiven, but in His resurrection, we're adopted into His family. We're given a new life and a new nature. And part of that nature is this victorious rising of Jesus, that we can actually choose to live in victory today. 
that, that whatever you're facing, with, with everything that's going on, you know, it can be so easy to feel like a victim to, to whatever's happening, um, to our situations and circumstances. But, but it is actually because of the resurrection of Jesus that we remember at Easter. That we can actually uh, live victoriously. That, that we're not to live as one who is just oppressed and beaten down, but one who is filled with joy. That we're actually to live in the opposite spirit. When everyone is afraid and everyone is feeling overwhelmed, that we can actually say, you know what, I have hope today because of the victory of Jesus. That Jesus, Jesus won the victory on that day. That it, uh, Paul actually talks about it this way, that, that he would lead the, the rulers in the spiritual realms in a victory procession. So every lie that the enemy tries to bring up, towards you, every time he tries to tell you uh, something that's not true, you actually have victory in Jesus over those things. And you can actually live out that victory every single day in the way that you interact with people, the way that you love people who maybe aren't loving you back, the way that you choose joy when everything around you says you should be discouraged, or when you choose to give to someone or to something, even when you're not sure how it's all going to go down. You can still choose to live in victory. And, and I think that's where uh, so many of us can struggle and wrestle with this, this idea that, you know, we want to blame somebody else. And, and I had this thought a couple days ago that, you know, so many of us have maybe blamed other people for our issues, but right now we're locked in the house with ourselves and our issues haven't gone away. Uh, and, and I think that's incredible because it maybe reminds us that that our issues aren't so much the other people in our lives as they are about us in our own hearts. And so this year at Easter, I want to invite you, if you, if you want to participate in that victory, if you want to know Jesus as the one who brings victory into your life, where you can actually live victoriously, you can do that right now. We just, what do we do? We just invite Jesus into our lives, right? We just say, Jesus, come and fill my heart. And I'm so sorry for any mistake I've made, any wrong choice that I've made. I give that to you. And I ask for your forgiveness. And, and what happens when we do that? Does Jesus forgive us? Yeah, yes. Jesus forgives us. And, and then what does he do? Does he, does he stay far away or does he come close to us? He comes close. Yeah, That's he right. comes close. To come and live in our hearts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to uh, invite you this morning to do that. To, to if, if that's where you're feeling led this morning, if you would like to see that victory in your life, uh, it's possible because of the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate at Easter. And you don't have to wait. You don't have to... uh, There's not something you have to do to get there because He's already paid for it. And he, He has risen in victory. And then He invites you to live in that victory. So I just want to encourage you this morning as you go, as you celebrate as a family... Uh, wherever you are, uh, we hope that you're blessed, that you had an amazing morning with us, and that your day is just uh, one of remembering and, and celebrating the victory of Jesus in your life. Bless you guys. Happy Easter.